join me there. Grace and peace to you from God our Heavenly Father, our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ, by the presence of his Holy Spirit among us and within all who believe, and all God's people said. Amen. Amen. Well, we're in a really fascinating time in Israel's walk with God. It's a it's really a season of testing for them. Okay? A season of testing. So we um, you have growth spurts, right? Sometimes life happens and comes your way and from lots of different directions and you look back a month or two later and you go, wow, was that a whole bunch of tests and a whole bunch of growing and a whole bunch of new things. Sometimes it just takes off like that, right? Israel is in that time with the Lord. He's brought them out of Egypt. They haven't really known the Lord that much, that, that, that intimately. Now they're getting to know God every single day with miracle manna, miracle meat, miracle water most of the time. So they're getting to know God on an everyday basis with lots of different tests. We had a test with the whole plagues, with Pharaoh and the chariots going through the Red Sea. Uh, we had a test of running out of water and they end up at a, at a water hole that was, it was bitter, it was eh. Right? So God said, that tree, Moses throws a branch into the spring, makes the water sweet. Then they had a lack of bread and meat. God took care of that. He's going to take care of it for 40 years every day. Then they had a test by lack of water last Sunday. Today, a really different kind of test, not a test from nature, from natural needs. Today, a test um, by attack. That might get our attention, right? So, so far, how, how has Israel been doing with the testing? Not so great. Mostly grumbling, complaining, and unbelief. Not passing the test with flying colors. Now, we saw last Sunday, we even saw Israel test God, right? Moses says, the stranger says, why are you testing God? This is backwards, people. God is testing us, growing us. You're testing God. And the last line of verse 7 from last Sunday was, is the Lord among us or not? That was Israel testing God. We answered that question last week. Now today, a new and very different test, an enemy rises up and attacks Israel. Exodus chapter 17, verse 8. Then Amalek came and fought with Israel at Rephidim. Now, you, if you go Amalek, Amalek, gee, that doesn't ring a bell. you got to add an ike to it on the end. Amalekite? Does that sound a little more? Oh, yeah, Amalekites. Who in the world are the Amalekites? Why are they attacking Israel? The why is harder to answer. The who is, is nailed down. The Amalekites, okay, you got Jacob and Esau are twins as they come out of the womb, right? Esau was firstborn. He grew up. He was the hunter. Uh, he, he, did, he was really hungry one day coming in from the, the field, and he didn't care about his birthright very much, and he sold it to Jacob. So Jacob, I mean, it's all God's plan and stuff, right? But Jacob ends up being the father of the 12 sons, the 12 tribes of Israel. So Esau, his firstborn son, is Eliphaz, and one of Eliphaz's boys is Amalek. So what does that tell you about the Amalekites and the Israelites? They are family. I'm, I'm not good with the cousins thing. Are they second cousins? Something like that. They aren't first cousins, but they're, but they're pretty close cousins. The thing that tells us is Amalek probably knew that Israel was the people of God's choosing and inheritors of the promised land. And it, so Amalek would have known also that his land territory 
was not in the promised land. There's no conflict there. Is Israel looking for people to pick on and, and test their military muscles with? No. There's no reason for Amalek to attack uh, in the physical realm. Uh, why is he doing it? Jealousy? That's a lot of what's going on in the Middle East yet today. Why does everybody hate Israel? Because God's hand is on them and uh, the promises for Israel. There's a lot of jealousy behind all that stuff there. Uh, maybe a heart for violence. We're going to see that Amalek was pretty messed up in his people too. And maybe even going down to the depths of just plain wickedness. This man is far away from the heart of God. And uh, so that's probably where the attack is coming from. So I want you to go just for a moment with me to Deuteronomy chapter 25. We'll come back to Exodus 17. Deuteronomy 25 gives us some insight. This is Moses' farewell sermon, if you jump ahead 40 years. His farewell sermon to Israel, and Moses gives us some detail about why this attack by Amalek was such a mess, was so evil. Okay? So Deuteronomy 25, 17, Moses preaching, and he says, Remember what Amalek did to you on the way as you came out of Egypt. And everybody's going like, oh, yeah. I mean, it was a long time ago, like 40 years ago. Right? Like, oh, yeah. Remember what Amalek did to you. Verse 18, how he attacked you on the way when you were faint and weary, and, and I put it in quotes, and cut off your tail, those who were lagging behind you, and he did not fear God. So it was especially heinous and wicked about Amalek's attack. Did he attack at the front where the, the leaders were and the strength was and the men were at? No, he attacked at the back end where the sick people and the stragglers and the, the weary ones were, were drifting behind. If you watch those African uh, animal documentaries, but what do they tell you about uh, the lions and the tigers? What, what do they attack? When a herd of wildebeest is sitting there, they attack the bulls in the front? No, they hang around the back end to pick off a calf or somebody's got a broken leg or somebody has pulled an Achilles tendon or something. They pick off the weak and the hurting at the back end. That's what Amalek is doing here. Despicable. Didn't, he does not fear God, verse 19. Moses says, therefore, when the Lord your God has given you rest from all your enemies around you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you for inheritance to possess. So Moses says, when you finish uh, taking possession of the promised land, do this. You shall blot out the memory of Amalek from under heaven. You shall not forget. So he says, when you're done securing the promised land, um, Amalek's land is south of that. He says, then you go outside the borders and you take care of Amalek. Because their descendants apparently continue in the violence and the wickedness. So that gives us a lot uh, more detailed picture of this attack by Amalek. What's it all about? They come against the weak and the weary ones at the back end of this, this huge uh, Israelite clan moving along. Okay, back to verse 8. And Amalek came and fought with Israel at Rephidim, picking off people at the back end. Verse 9. So Moses said to Joshua, our first uh, introduction to Joshua, Choose for us men. Go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the, say with me, with the what? With the staff of God in my hand. Why does he mention that he's going to have the staff of God in his hand? What's the big deal with the staff? Well, lots and lots of the miracles with the plagues were accomplished with the staff. The staff was the very first thing God used to give Israel indication that Moses was his called 
leader. The staff turned into a snake, right? And then swallowed the snake staffs of the Egyptian magicians, just to make a point. So that staff has been used throughout the plagues along the way. It was used to uh, the crossing of the Red Sea. It's been used to provide water already. God said, strike the rock with your staff, and I will provide water for the people. So the staff has already been used on numerous occasions to release the power and miracle, powerful and miracle touch of God. So Moses says, God, choose some men who can go out and fight with you against Amalek. I'll stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. Why does, why does it matter where he stands with the staff? I mean, usually there are battles down in the valleys where you had flat land you could operate and function. So if the guys are down there fighting, where where do we want Moses and the staff, the powerful tool of God for miracles, where do we want that to be? We want it to be someplace that we can easily catch a glimpse of it, that we can see it, that we can know that, that Moses, our leader, the, the man who God has done lots of miracles through, and the staff that God has released his power through, those are going to be in ready ciphers, wherever we're at in the battle, if we're feeling kind of low or feeling like we're about to seal the victory, one glance and we'll be encouraged. So Moses says, I, I got this figured out. I'm gonna take, I'm gonna go on top of a hill and the staff of God will be in my hand, verse 10. So Joshua did as Moses told him and fought with Amalek while Moses, Aaron, now who's Aaron? It's Moses' brother, right? And her, who's her? It's H-U-R. <laughs> Who's her? We don't know for sure. He shows up twice here in Exodus, one, this one spot and one other. Um, some people think, we don't have tons of biblical evidence, there's, there's some tradition in Jewish, um, tradition that goes way back, that says that her was Miriam's husband. Well, Miriam was Moses' sister. She composed that song right there back at the Red Sea crossing and stuff so that her would be a brother-in-law to Moses, probably. So while Moses, Aaron and her went up to the top of the hill, whenever Moses held up his hand, and I know it's a shepherd's staff, it, it might have been a shepherd's staff that Moses used. We don't have that detail in scripture, but I'm just gonna use that for our, our prop example today. So whenever Moses held up his hand with the staff in it, obviously, Israel prevailed. Right? The battle went well, we were winning. And whenever Moses, and whenever he lowered his hand, Amalek prevailed. The battle would swing back against Israel. And goes up. When we start winning. And goes down, we start losing. Really interesting, right? What is God? God's teaching a lot of stuff here. This is a big test, it's a new test. He's teaching a lot of different things here. Let's, let's dig a little bit deeper. So verse 12 says, but Moses' hands grew weary. It would, wouldn't you? I was gonna make it start a sermon, I'll put your hands in the air and make you keep, keep them up there as long as you could. But I decided not to be mean to you. Thank you. you. Ever tried that? It doesn't seem like a big deal, but man, it's not too long into it when your arm gets tired and you wanna bring it down. So Moses' hands grew weary. So they, Aaron and Hur, took a stone, put it under him, and he sat on it, while Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. So his hands were steady until the going down in the sun. I just want to be able to visualize this for a minute, because it's pretty cool. 
And so I've got some helpers picked out today. I'm not going to have a rock. I'm going to use a chair. But um, who did Moses have with him that day? One on each side. His brother. Aaron and her. Now, Aaron was his brother, but I'm going to use Aaron, my son, to come up on one side. And then her was probably Moses who? Brother-in-law. Brother-in-law. So my brother-in-law happens to be here today, Leroy, from <laughs> Iowa. Say, hey, Leroy. Hey, Leroy. <laughs> so I've got my brother-in-law. This is my real brother-in-law, but his name's not her. And I've got Aaron, who's the right name, but he's not my brother. He's my son. But this is going to work, right? Yes. <laughs> so Moses sits down on the rock. Now, the scripture is clear. You might think that, that they would help him hold the staff. But Moses keeps his hands on the staff. And Aaron and her hold up Moses' arms. Well, this is really interesting, isn't it? For a long time, we don't know how long. Until the sun goes down is when the battle finishes and, and we win. So is it an easy job for Aaron and her? Not really. They probably shift positions and stuff every now and then. Maybe Moses uh, does it by himself a little bit now and then. But for the most part, why do, how are we able to accomplish this? Aaron and her hold up Moses' hands. What's God teaching? No one man or woman can do it alone. Amen. 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 Even with the power of God alongside, God wants us to lean on each other. He wants us to call on people to help us. He wants me to receive help. He wants helpers to stand up and, and do the job. Now, think of it in terms of, I know this is a little bit out there maybe, but think of it in terms of a hill called Golgotha. I don't know, does anything connect there? Uh, at Golgotha, we have who dying on the cross? Jesus, of course. And where is he at? He's in the middle. What, who does he have on each side of him? He has a thief on one side, a guy gets saved on the other side. But there's three on Golgotha. And it's not a staff over his head that he's holding up, but we're going to see in a moment, Scripture says, Jesus is lifted up. And the whole world will be drawn to him. Anybody who believes will be saved. But at the cross, you've got Jesus in the center and one man on each side. I don't know if this looks forward to that. I think it does. I think there's a foreshadowing. It's a powerful thing. But now you're down there fighting in the valley. And now you look at it and you're bummed because every time the every time the staff doesn't let go for seconds. Every time the staff doesn't go, <laughs> like, oh no! And you start losing. Moses is like, and like, yeah, and they get back in the battle. And the hands are, oh, no. I don't know how many times that happened. But now they look up, and what do they see? Steady. The Bible says steady. It never comes down now. So now every time the guys look up, they're like, yeah, Aaron and her, they got this. We got this. The staff of God is riding high. And it carries them to victory. Say glory. Glory. Carries them to victory. What's God teaching? So many things. Don't do it alone. Ask for help. Let people help you. And then we, we can all be encouraged when we see each other helping each other. And we're like, I, 
I'm never going to be alone. Someday I'm going to need help. You know what? I'm going to ask the congregation. I'm going to call Pastor Joe. You know what? They're going to help me. So many things being taught. Say glory to God. Say thanks, Aaron and her. Thanks, Aaron and her. And Leroy. And Leroy. All right. Amen. Right. We may end. It just helps to see something, right? Yes. You guys might need to get a drink or something. Hard work. <laughs> so Aaron and her. Moses' hands grew weary. Go back to where we got verse 12. Moses' hands were weary, so a stone put it under him, sat it. Aaron her held up his hands, one on one side, the other on the other side. So his hands were steady. I think that's a key thing. I circled steady. So every time the troops looked, they saw a steady presence, the banner, the, the declaration. There's the staff, man. That's the power of God being released over us. So his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. Verse 13, and Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the swords. They praised the Lord. Okay, spiritual attack. I don't know, there's lots of different kinds of attacks in life, right? A sudden health uh, attack, sudden spiritual attack. Ask for help. Let people hold you up in the battle. That's one of the things God's teaching here. Now he's going to go to the, the major second thing God's teaching in this text. Verse 14, I think. Make sure I'm not missing something. Oh, yeah, well, that's cool stuff. We'll get to it. Let's go on to verse... No, I'm sorry. No, I'm just, just a second. I'll make sure I don't cover everything. Yeah, we're good. Um, let's touch on that verse, shall we? That I made reference to while the guys are up here helping me. It's in John chapter 12. I'm sorry, let me open that. You're good. John chapter 12, uh, 32. This is one of those passages that has a million connections to the rest of Scripture. And, and I, I didn't use all million of them, but this one I wanted to pull out. John 12, 32. <laughs> Jesus speaking, he says, And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. Now, that verse all by itself, you might think, well, the lifted up might mean his ascension. He's going up to the right hand of God. And eventually, believers will be brought up to him. That could easily be what he refers to. But verse 33 says, Jesus said this to show by what kind of death he was going to die. So Jesus says, when I am lifted up, lifted up from the earth on the what? On the cross will draw all people to myself. Uh, I know it's a leap. Moses and, the, and, and Aaron and her and Joshua weren't thinking about the cross in this battle back in Exodus. But we as New Covenant, New Testament believers, we see the connection. We see, and we're going to see it more here as we finish out. God does really cool things in the Old Testament, preparing us Word pictures and all kinds of wonderful things to help us understand more deeply what Jesus did for us. So verse 14. Mm, no. The Lord said to Moses, write this as a memorial in a book. That's one of the, I know this is one of the verses we're going to be looking at in the Exodus documentaries. 
because this is where the controversy kicks into gear. Oh, they weren't right back then. Nobody knew how to write back then. Uh, we're going to investigate that. The Lord said to Moses, write this as a memorial in a book or a scroll. Recite it in the ears of Joshua. Tell Joshua. God says that I will utterly blot out the memory of Amalek from under heaven. Say, whoa. Go ahead and say, whoa. Whoa. I mean, I don't think I'm in the right one. You mess with God's children? Does God take note? Does God follow through? Does God deal with those who do harm to God's children? He certainly does. I will utterly blot out the memory of Amalek from under heaven. Verse 15. And Moses built an altar and called the name of it, The Lord is my banner. A couple things here jump out. Only two times does Moses build an altar. Only twice. The other time is when God has given a whole bunch of instructions, laws, not just the Ten Commandments, but a bunch of laws with that. And, and Moses, that time, he builds an altar. But this is the only other time. And he doesn't name that altar. He names this one. So there's some really special stuff going on here. Moses is, is saying, he's declaring to the nation something huge, a huge learning moment, a huge God moment is happening. Not just our first victory in battle. So much more. Moses built an altar and called the name of it, the Lord is my banner. Now the word banner is kind of different in the Hebrew. We're not exactly sure what to do with it. Banner is okay. It can literally mean raised up one. The Lord is my raised up one. Right? The staff. The Lord is the one I look to when I need help. The Lord is the one I lift up my eyes to when I'm in danger. The Lord is my banner, my raised up one, saying, this again, tricky stuff in Hebrew. So Moses built an altar, called the name of it, the Lord is my raised up one, my banner, saying, a hand upon the throne of the Lord. Now that one's challenging to translate too, that phrase. It could, all, it could be translated, a hand is towards the throne of the Lord, meaning... When Moses put the staff up, he was reaching out to God saying, God, help. God, this is our first battle. These are wicked men who have been picking off our, our, our weak ones at the back. God, help. So he raised a hand to the throne of God for help. It could also be translated the other way. A hand is against the throne of the Lord. Did anybody raise his hand against the throne of the Lord on this occasion? Amalek did. So it's both, isn't it? Amalek raised his hand against the throne of the Lord. Moses raised his hand towards the hand of the Lord, saying, God, we need your help. And he says, the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. Glad I'm not in Amalekite. We have evidence going down the line. King Saul, the very first king of Israel, he did battle with the Amalekites. Pretty much wiped them out. But David had to do battle with them later on, too. So there were still some hanging around. And you might remember when we preached the book of Esther a few years back. Uh, remember Haman, the wicked, evil counselor to the king, tried to get all the Jews exterminated? Uh, that Haman, we're pretty sure, was a descendant of Amalek. But whenever they pop up, God is going to war with them through his people. 
But here's the thing. How do we process this? How do we connect it to our lives today? The Lord is my banner. He's my raised up one. Let's answer this question first. Why did God let Amalek attack and test Israel? What are we learning through this test? We're learning to ask for help. We're learning to gladly give help. We're learning to look up to and trust the power of God to save us. Uh, Psalm 121 says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where is my help to come? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. So God is training us where to look when attacks come on us. Do we, do we stare down in the valley at the battle? Do we look up to our Savior, our God? We don't have a staff to look up to, do we? What do we look up to to know that we have love and victory from God? We look up to the cross. We have a cross here. It's empty because why? Because Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. And you say, well, gee, that happened 2,000 years ago. How much did that encourage me now? Well, Pentecost has come. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Spirit. So when we are attacked by the enemy and all the things of life that come to attacks, we lift up our eyes. Where do we look? We look to the cross. We look to Jesus. We know we have victory. The empty tomb. We know we've got it. I lift up my eyes to the cross, the empty tomb, to the tongues of fire of the Holy Spirit. The Lord Jesus Christ is our banner. The Lord Jesus Christ is our raised up one. He's the Lord over our lives. He's the source of our every victory. Amen? Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus told his disciples, Keep on having this meal, this communion, Lord's Supper meal, my body and my blood, until all the victories have been accomplished. Until it's all done, then Jesus said, we'll have this feast together, right? The last cup, Jesus said, I'm not going to drink this one. I'm going to wait until we're all together in heaven. And we can have a blast feasting together, celebrating the victory of all victories. That's what we have for us today. Let's pray, shall we? This is this is good stuff. Lord God Almighty, some of us were in the midst of the battle. Amalek has been picking us up. He's been picking at our weaknesses. He's been picking at us when we're weary and we're tired and we're down. He's he's been isolating us. Man with COVID, God. Amalek just used that to isolate us and make us try and make us alone and feeling like uh, I'm all alone. The depression and the, the heartache. And the lack of fellowship and connection, God, we could feel it, we could touch it, it was terrible. So God, for those this morning who know that they're, in, they're down in the valley and they're battling with that nasty, evil, wicked Amalek, God, I pray right now in Jesus' name that we help us to lift up our heads. We look up to the hill, we see Moses, Aaron, and her, that's cool, that's amazing and wonderful. But God, we're going to lift up our eyes to the cross of Jesus Christ. You're saying, my sins died there, but the death I deserve died there. And then my Jesus rose victorious over everything the devil could throw at him on the cross. I have victory in my Jesus. Jesus is my raised up one. 
have victory in Christ. God, come now in your Holy Spirit and minister to those who were down there fighting with Amalek. Minister courage and joy and new faith and knowledge, courage that I am going to win this battle. I got Jesus with this banner of love over me. Praise you, mighty God. God, give us victory. And as we come this morning, Lord, uh, to your table, we kneel in glad humility, saying, Jesus, we need your body and your blood for our sin, for our forgiveness, for our salvation. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, that your banner over us is love and salvation and victory in Jesus. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen.